Okay, the Rules Committee will come to order. The Rules Committee will come to order. At this time, the Chair will entertain a motion from the distinguished gentlewoman from Pennsylvania, Ms. Scanlon. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I move the committee grant House Resolution 755 impeaching Donald John Trump, President of the United States, for high crimes and misdemeanors, a closed rule. The rule provides that immediately upon adoption of this resolution, without intervention of any point of order, the House shall proceed to the consideration of House Resolution 755. The rule provides six hours of debate on the resolution equally divided and controlled by the chair and ranking minority member of the Committee on the Judiciary or their respective designees. The rule provides that the amendment in the nature of a substitute recommended by Congress on the I'm sorry, recommended by the Committee on the Judiciary, now printed in the resolution, shall be considered as adopted. The rule provides that the question of adoption of the resolution as amended shall be divided between the two articles. The rule provides that during consideration of House Resolution 755, only the person shall be admitted to the hall of the House or rooms leading thereto. Only the following persons. A, members of Congress. B, the delegates and the resident commissioner. C, the President and Vice President of the United States. D, other persons as designated by the Speaker. Section 3 provides after adoption of House Resolution 755 for consideration of a resolution appointing and authorizing managers for the impeachment trial of Donald John Trump, President of the United States, if offered by the Chair of the Committee on the Judiciary or his designee. The rule provides 10 minutes of debate on the resolution specified in Section 3, equally divided and controlled by the Chair and ranking minority member of the Committee on the Judiciary. The rule waives all points of order against consideration of the resolution specified in Section 3. The rule provides that no other resolution incidental to impeachment relating to House Resolution 755 shall be privileged during the remainder of the 116th Congress. Finally, the rule provides that the Chair of the Committee on the Judiciary may insert in the Congressional record such material as he may deem explanatory of House Resolution 755 and the resolution specified in Section 3 not later than the date that is five legislative days after adoption of each respective resolution. You uh, heard the motion from the gentleman from Pennsylvania. Is there any amendment or discussion? Mr. Uh, Chairman? Mr. Cole. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman. I have an amendment to the rule. I move the committee provide 12 hours of uh, general debate, equally divided and controlled by the chair and ranking member of the committee on the judiciary. Mr. Chairman, uh, because the Democratic majority's hasty time frame to impeach the president, it's imperative that the House have ample time to debate H.R. Uh, 755. We should strive to come as close as possible to the allotted uh, time for debate in the Clinton impeachment. Members should have sufficient time to explain to the American people on the House floor their position on these impeachment amendments. Providing 12 hours of general debate will only allow each member of this Congress a mere one minute and 40 seconds to debate H.R. Uh, 755. I know there's a lot of demand on both sides that members have an opportunity to state their positions publicly, so we would ask for the 12-hour. Uh, I thank the gentleman. I mean, we've provided six hours of debate plus an hour of debate time on the rule. That's seven hours total. Um, seems like a reasonable amount of time. Uh, we're dealing with fewer articles of impeachment uh, uh, with uh, President Trump than we were with President Clinton, uh, and um, I think it's a uh, a fair amount of time, and um, 
Uh, I respect the gentleman, but I would urge a no vote on his uh, amendment. Uh, I, uh, any other people requesting time? Mr. Burgess. Yeah, I would just speak in favor of Mr. Cole's amendment. Not every member of Congress has the privilege that we do of serving on the Committee on Rules. We've had enjoyed unlimited time. You've been very kind with the time today. So we've all had ample time to talk. I think every member of Congress needs to be able to take time to explain to their constituents and to the country this is not a this is not a trivial matter that we're taking up. This is a matter of great importance for the, for the future of our country. And we've all talked about our allegiance to the Constitution. We should provide members an opportunity to explain themselves. And I would just say that I think Mr. Cole's amendment is, is well-reasoned and well-considered. And I, I would urge us to take this up. And, and, and Mr. Cole has provided you an opportunity, and I think you should take it. Yeah, well, I appreciate it. But I think the seven hours of debate will extend probably to more like 12 hours when it's all said and done. So, um, Can I just note for the record, yeah. Mr. Chairman, it's, it's not often we get a Texan supporting any amendment I make as well-reasoned right. or open, so I just want to I thank my it. friend. The voters on the Cole Amendment, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed, no. No. Oh. Opinion of the Chair, the no's Chairman, have it. We would request a roll. Clerk will call, call the roll. Mr. Hastings? No. Mr. Hastings? No. Mrs. Torres? No. Mrs. Torres? No. Mr. Perlmutter? No. Mr. Perlmutter? No. Mr. Raskin? No. Mr. Raskin? No. Ms. Scanlon? No. Ms. Scanlon? No. Mr. Morelli? No. Mr. Morelli? No. Ms. Shalala? No. Ms. Shalala? No. Mr. DeSonier? No. Mr. DeSonier? No. Mr. Cole? Aye. Mr. Cole? Aye. Mr. Woodall? Aye. Mr. Woodall? Aye. Mr. Burgess? Mr. Burgess, aye. Mrs. Lesko, aye. Mrs. Lesko, aye. Mr. Chairman, no. Mr. Chairman, no. Clerk, report the total. Four yeas, nine nays. Amendment is not agreed to. Further amendments, Mr. Woodall. Mr. Chairman, uh, I have an amendment to the rule to amend Section One uh, that uh, waives all points of order uh, in in the in the uh, uh, against provisions in the resolution except for those uh, in violation of Clause Two G Six B of House Rule. Uh, uh, 11. As, as currently constructed, the, the rule waives all points of order. Clause 2G6B of House Rule 11 is that one that we spent so much time talking about today, which is uh, minority uh, rights uh, for a hearing. Uh, on December 4th, Mr. Chairman, as you know, minority members of the House Judiciary Committee did exercise their rights uh, under that uh, section. Uh, and asked uh, uh, for a day of hearings. But as of today, that hearing has not been scheduled. You uh, responded to Mr. Cole's uh, concerns, and all of our concerns, uh, on that, uh, that issue. And as I read during our hearing today, uh, uh, concluded that because Mr. Nadler has appropriately said he will work with the minority to schedule that hearing after our vote uh, in, on impeachment, uh, that you believe that section had been satisfied you stated uh, that you uh, that the intent of this uh, rule was to uh, provide folks with a voice. I don't think any member on this committee would suggest that allowing hearings after bills have been passed would allow for that voice. It could well be that the House parliamentarian uh, and the, the speaker tomorrow uh, will agree with you uh, that uh, having consulted with, with Chairman Nadler and agreed to hold hearings after the fact, uh, that that does satisfy this section in House rules. I, I think that would deem this section meaningless if that's true. But by allowing and exposing this point of order tomorrow, we will at least make clear to the American people only one of two things is true. Either the House of Representatives has a process 
And on the day we accuse President Trump of breaking the rules, we choose to follow our own. Or we will choose to waive those rules uh, and uh, leave the impression that so many of my colleagues have talked about today that the rules don't apply uh, to everyone and do not exist uh, to serve everyone. I know that is not the chairman's intention. Again, as his letter makes so very, very clear, I would just ask my colleagues, because this has been a source of great uh, debate and disagreement, that we expose this point of order, and if it turns out, as the, as the chairman believes it will, that this requirement has been satisfied, then no harm, no foul. But if it turns out that this requirement has not been satisfied, uh, we would do the American people a great service by satisfying it uh, and then moving uh, and then moving forward. I, I thank my chairman. Any other discussion on uh, the Woodall Amendment? The, if I could just add one. Uh, sure, go ahead. The, to, to read that uh, section uh, makes it clear that there is no ambiguity in this request. If the minority asks, the request must be granted. It is not up. Uh, to the discretion uh, of the uh, of the chair, uh, that uh, that absence of discretion was intentional as we crafted uh, this uh, section on on minority uh, rights, and I, I just yeah. put that out there for my colleagues because again, one day we will all be in different right. uh, places, and the precedent we set today will uh, will matter. I, I thank my chair. You know, and we've been in, in your seat uh, as well for um, and uh, but there's no way there's uh, nowhere in that rule does it say when the chairman must schedule that hearing. Uh, and the bottom line, we've had this discussion before, um, and I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think this is subject to a point of order. And as we all know, it is standard for any measure brought to the floor under a rule to be provided with protections against points of order. Last Congress alone, 86 blanket waivers were provided by Rep the Republican majority. Uh, we have not been advised that any points of order lie against the resolution. So the waiver is simply out of an abundance of caution in keeping with modern rules practices. Even though no points of order lie against the resolution, dilatory points of order, order could be brought up that would have to be argued against and ruled on, needlessly delaying the floor. Again, uh, that's why prophylactic waivers are included in every single rule that we report out of here under Republicans and Democrats. Uh, so I just disagree with you on on how you interpret uh, the minority day rule. Uh, I, 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 uh, I responded to you um, as to my opinions, but, um, but look, we, we, need to, we need to make sure this resolution moves forward. Uh, with that, um, Ms. Mr. I, the gentlelady from Arizona. Thank you, Mr. Chair. I would like to speak in favor of Mr. Woodall's amendment. I, you know, I think the American public would think it's really ridiculous to grant a minority hearing date after we vote on the articles of impeachment. I mean, any person with any common sense knows that that is really, um, in my opinion, outrageous. <coughs> and uh, so, I, you know, if you go forward with this, as I assume you are, I, you know, I, I think we're gonna make hay out of it for sure. You, you I mean, can, you can make hay, hay out of whatever you want. I would, as I said before, the whole point of this of this resolution was to ensure that the minority had a right to a witness um, uh, during com committee procedures. That has been granted uh, in the Judiciary Committee. Um, uh, and this is to protect against chairmen who, or chairwomen who basically uh, allow no minority witnesses. So I am perfectly comfortable with my response. Uh, but I will also say 
that we received a letter from 70 members uh, of the party, including two members of the Rules Committee, saying that they're going to use every dilatory tactic uh, within their means to try to delay and derail this process. Uh, you know, I do not want this to turn into a circus. I want this is a serious matter, uh, and it will be considered in an orderly and respectful uh, way. And I think that's uh, so we will just disagree on this. Mr. Uh, yeah, Mr. Woodall. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. If I could just be heard on, on, on one further point. I, I may have not explained my motion uh, uh, articulately. I agree with, with you. Uh, the nature of the Rules Committee, our, our standard practice of waiving all points of order, the, the requirement that the majority be able to conduct its business without dilatory uh, tactics. My, my motion is that we keep that section that waives all points of order with the one exception of this minority uh, witness. Uh, if I may read from the, uh, uh, from, uh, the House Practice uh, uh, Manual, uh, whenever a hearing is called by a committee on a measure or matter, minority members on the committee may have a right to call witnesses of their own choosing. That has not happened here. That has not happened here. That, as, as, as has been said so often today, those facts are undisputed. Undisputed. Be happy, you my friend. Mike, Mike. Five witnesses that have testified, um, two in the Judiciary Committee and three called by the Republican minority. So that's at least five witnesses. And the president was invited to present a case which he refused to do. I appreciate my friend raising that. What you heard from the ranking member today is he was given choices by the, by the chairman, take it or leave it. You can invite a law professor of your own choosing, but you cannot invite a witness of your own choosing. You cannot bring the fact witnesses, any fact witness, to this, to this hearing. That's what, that's what this uh, section, and, and to the chairman's point. So I, if the gentleman would yield again. So the gentleman's friend. making a distinction between the, the examinations and depositions that were taken in the Intelligence Committee versus what was done in the Judiciary Committee. Is that, is that how the gentleman is, is proceeding? Uh, the, no. Uh, I would say to the gentleman, I'm, I'm only taking the, the rule on its, on its face. Minority members on the committee have the right to call witnesses of their own choosing. That right was not offered or granted. Uh, and it goes on to say, the chair may set the day under a reasonable schedule. It could well be that, that, that the chairman is absolutely right. And when we decided that the, that the schedule must be reasonable, we decided that scheduling the hearing after the bill has already been passed and sent to the Senate was reasonable. But I don't believe that we believe that. I believe every one of us knows that is not what we intended. There are bills on which uh, uh, moving and playing fast and loose may be appropriate. Impeaching the President of the United States cannot, by any definition, be one of those resolutions. Cannot be. Cannot be. The rule is clear. The Rules Committee has the right to waive the rule, to suggest that the rule has been satisfied, as the Chairman's letter does, I think creates a very dangerous precedent. Uh, that future chairmen are going to be much more liberal with and, and much less uh, enthusiastic uh, about uh, uh, protecting minority rights than the chairman would be. 
The chair may set the day under a reasonable schedule. Is the day after we've passed the bill reasonable? And that's best case well, scenario as we sit here today. The chairman's been very indulgent. I no, and I would, I would just simply say I think you are misinterpreting what the rule uh, actually states. And we, we do not agree. And what we're doing here is standard operating procedure, and we are going to follow that. To, to be fair, Mr. Chairman, I'm, I'm not trying to misstate the rule. I'm reading it out of the House right. practice and, manual. And, I'm, and, and we, I answered you in a lengthy letter uh, how it, how, yeah, based on precedent and based on how it's interpreted. I mean, the, the idea that somehow, uh, you know, the, I mean, that, that um, you know, if it worked the way the minority would have us believe, as if it were some superpower allowing the minority to call any witness at any time, you know, to schedule a hearing whenever they want to, to delay legislation, I promise you there would have been a whole lot more hearings last Congress called by Democrats. Um, and so I, we just disagree. Of course And so do. I, you know, I... I and we can continue this if you'd like, but I, 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 don't, I, don't, I, don't agree, I don't agree with your assumption. And, and I know that in this committee, as the chairman, when you don't agree with me, that means I'm going to lose. <laughs> I understand that. You can ask for a vote. And but this is not, but, but Mr. Chairman, this isn't a rule of this committee. This is a rule of the United States House. Absolutely. And, if, and as far the, as I'm, is the parliamentarian... And to inform you that there's a point of order if to the, be made? If the circumstances are as you believe I'm they just are, asking you. Yeah. when I raise that point of order on the floor of the House, remember the right. Judiciary Committee does, right. it, will be, it yeah. will be denied. Right. But I'm not exposing this bill to any points of order. Um, and I would uh, urge my colleagues to vote no on the Woodall Amendment. Um, all those in favor of the Woodall Amendment say aye. Aye. Opposed, no. No. Can no. you chair the noes have it? Clerk will call the roll. Mr. Hastings. I'm not reluctant to vote no. Mr. Hastings, no. Mrs. Torres. I'm not reluctant to vote no. Mrs. Torres, no. Mr. Perlmutter. No. Mr. Perlmutter, no. Mr. Askin. No. Mr. Askin, no. Ms. Scanlon. Ms. Scanlon, no. Mr. Morelli. No. Mr. Morelli, no. Ms. Shalala. Ms. Shalala, no. Mr. Desonier. Mr. Desonier, no. Mr. Cole. I'm proud of my friend overcame his scruples and put everybody on Aye. Mr. Cole, aye. Mr. Woodall, aye. Mr. Woodall, aye. Mr. Burgess, Mr. Burgess, aye. Mrs. Lesko, aye. Mrs. Lesko, aye. Mr. Chairman, no. Mr. Chairman, no. Clerk, report the total. Four yeas, nine nays. The amendment is not agreed to. Any further amendments? Um, before we vote on the uh, final motion, I'd like to yield to the gentleman from Oklahoma for any concluding remarks you'd like to make. Uh, thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, I want to agree with my friend, Mr. Desanye. This is a sad day. I don't think uh, anybody in this panel, Democrat or Republican, uh, came here with the expectation they'd be voting uh, on impeachment for the president, and I think they all regret that. I think we all regret that. Uh, but I want to tell you first, Mr. Chairman, I'm very proud of this committee. Uh, I'm very proud uh, that uh, the discussion has been civil and professional. I think the points have been fair by all sides, and uh, I think that's to the credit of this committee. Mr. Chairman, I'm very proud of you. I think you've presided over this uh, process, which is a difficult one. It's one where we clearly disagree. There was not much opportunity uh, for agreement to arrive, but uh, you've given everybody an opportunity to have their say. You've allowed every question to be asked, every point to be made. Uh, you've made your decisions. That's your uh, prerogative as the chairman, and we respect that uh, prerogative. 
but I think you've done so in a very fair and open and transparent manner. And for that, I'm personally very, very grateful. I do think, um, as a Congress, uh, we're on an awfully dangerous and awfully divisive course. Um, and I've thought about this quite a bit. I know all of us have. Uh, and uh, I've been around this business for a long time. And I've, I've watched the last impeachment process. I was not a member of Congress, but I was pretty closely associated with Congress at the time. Uh, and I thought uh, probably where we went wrong uh, in that process is that I don't think uh, most other Republican members in the 90s ever really regarded President Clinton as a legitimately elected president. I would caution my friends, I think you're making precisely the same mistake now. Um, there's no question we can quibble about votes, but uh, many, many members of Congress on, on your side have been trying to impeach the president from the very first day. No question about that. There were testimony about that. Um, and, and we're going to impeach a president in this case if we go ahead and we have the vote tomorrow for something that didn't happen. Uh, the dispute has been about aid to the Ukraine. That aid was given, uh, and it was withheld at the most for 55 days and was delivered within the time legally specified. That is before the end of the fiscal year. Uh, there were no investigations undertaken by the Ukraine in uh, uh, in exchange for that aid or in exchange for time uh, at the White House or a visit with the president. And, and both the principals involved in the critical conversation, President Trump and President uh, Zelensky, all said everything was fine. No pressure was intended. Uh, none was felt. Um, this process that we're engaged in, Mr. Chairman, is going to fail. I mean, we'll have a vote tomorrow. It may well succeed. Uh, you occupy the majority here. I respect that. Uh, but we're here because I think the Speaker did not follow the very conditions she laid down at the beginning. She said, we will not go down the road of impeachment unless it's bipartisan. This is not bipartisan. We will not go down this road unless there's a, a consensus in the country. There is no consensus in the country. And we are precisely, or a little bit less than now, 11 months from an election where the American people can and will make this decision. But I want to conclude, Mr. Chairman, on a little bit more optimistic note. A lot of people would say that means Congress is broken. And we focused, and I think the public will focus mostly on this, uh, this measure today. But we ought to reflect a little bit about what's happened this week and what's happened to this committee that we saw last night. Uh, we had a major bipartisan agreement on funding the government for the balance of the year. It was a give-and-take process. By the way, the President was pretty integral in that process as well. So he's participated. Uh, we can't uh, pass much. If he's not willing to sign it, he's not willing to negotiate. He certainly did. Um, we're going to have major tax changes, uh, three major items that fund the ACA uh, uh, were eliminated today. I'm uh, very, very pleased with that. The president was involved in that. Uh, we're going to have a tax extenders package that we all stayed here a little bit late last night, later than any of us wanted. But that's because the principals on all sides were actually negotiating. So that tells me uh, that things are, uh, are going uh, in a workable fashion. And we're going to have a USMCA uh, vote uh, on Thursday uh, that, again, this committee was involved in and I think uh, will be bipartisan. So while I'm very disappointed about what's happening, I don't think it's good for the country. I think my friend Mr. Collins made some very, very good points about lowering the bar for impeachment and setting us up to engage in this again. 
uh, I am pleased to say that in a number of areas we've been awfully functional and I think in a very bipartisan manner. And, Mr. Chairman, that's in part because of the manner in which you've operated this process, a very divisive process, but one, again, in which I think you've been open and fair and transparent. We haven't agreed with all your decisions. You had the opportunity tonight to accept two fantastic amendments. Uh, but uh, the reality is uh, you allowed those amendments to be offered. You treated them with respect and fairly. And so uh, for that, I extend uh, uh, my sincere appreciation. And uh, we look forward to seeing you on the floor tomorrow and appreciate the manner in which you discharge your duties here in this committee. Well, thank you. And I want to thank uh, the gentleman from Oklahoma uh, for his kind words. And I want to thank uh, all the members of this committee, Democrats and Republicans and all the staff that have put in uh, long hours uh, during this week, but, uh, but who have sat here all day um, and conducting themselves in a very serious uh, and thoughtful manner. Um, I had a number of people say to me that they were surprised uh, that despite the difficult topic before us, that uh, what they observed uh, play out uh, on TV was relatively civil. Uh, and, uh, and so I'm proud of this committee too. And um, we have strong disagreements uh, over the matter at hand. Um, I think the president behaved in a way uh, that is reprehensible, quite frankly. Um, and yeah, he did, uh, the aid did go to Ukraine, but only after he got caught withholding it. Um, you know, while this committee was meeting this afternoon, uh, the president of the United States sent the Speaker of the House a letter on this impeachment process. And, Ms. Lesko earlier asked unanimous consent to, to put it in the record. I'm not sure how many of you read it, uh, but it's six pages long, and it essentially amounts to one long Twitter rant. He calls impeachment an illegal coup, and he claims, quote, more due process was afforded to those accused in the Salem witch trials, end quote. I mean, are you kidding me? Uh, innocent people were tortured and hung. Their corpses were thrown in shallow graves. An 80-year-old farmer named Giles Corey was literally placed between boards and crushed to death. I mean, for the president to say that he is being treated worse than the Salem witch trials uh, is unhinged, uh, just like so many of the missives on impeachment. Now, I know a little bit about the Salem witch trials because I'm from Massachusetts. Uh, and here's a little more history about Massachusetts. It was our forebearers who were killed in the Boston, Boston Massacre and who fired the shot heard around the world at Lexington and Concord. It was our commonwealth that stood up to a tyrannical king and insisted that rights come from the consent of the governed and not the whims of a monarch. In his letter, the president even writes, and I quote, I have no doubt that the American people will hold you and the Democrats fully responsible in the 2020 election, end quote. The president just doesn't get it. This is not about his reelection. It's not about anyone's political future. Our founders handed us a fragile thing more than 200 years ago, an experiment in self-government, a fledgling democracy, unlike anything else on earth at the time, a republic of, by, and for the people. So this is about whether we, the people sent to Congress, are willing to stand up and protect that fragile idea that has been entrusted to all of us. You know, we shape this democracy day by day, vote by vote. Some votes are more arcane than others but each and every one helps to decide the kind of country we're gonna be. You know, voting on impeachment is particularly important. It will define our democracy from here on out. You know, uh, not a single Republican today even hinted that what the president did was wrong. It was wrong, it was wrong. 
And for me, I, I will leave here today with a clear conscience. You know, I, um, I don't know if President Trump is watching right now, uh, but if he were, I would say to him, Mr. President, this is not about you. This is about all of us. What kind of behavior we're willing to tolerate from whoever sits in the Oval Office and whether we live up to the ideal of a government of, by, and for the people. You know, a republic, if, if you can keep it. I, I began this hearing by quoting those famous words from Benjamin Franklin. You know, no one wanted to be here today. Uh, but I am proud that when history called upon us, we fought to keep the vision of our founders alive in our time. We fought to keep this republic intact. So, um, you know, this has uh, been a long day, uh, and tomorrow promises to be a long day. Um, you know, even though we had disagreements in this committee, uh, as I said before, I'm proud of each and every member of this committee. I mean, we, I think, showed that you can actually have difficult discussions and be civil and be serious. And, um, and I think, uh, you know, no matter where we fall on this issue, I think that's something we all should be proud of. So um, I thank everybody, and, uh, and now I, I ask uh, uh, that we, um, uh, uh, we, we, we we, um, the question is now on the motion offered by the gentlewoman from Pennsylvania, Ms. Scanlon. Uh, all those in favor will say aye. 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 All those opposed, no. No. In the opinion of the chair, the ayes have and the motion is agreed to. And now we would ask for the yeas. Uh, the, the, the yeas and nays have been requested. The clerk will call the roll. Mr. Hastings. Aye. Mr. Hastings, aye. Mrs. Torres. Aye. Mrs. Torres, aye. Mr. Perlmutter. Mr. Perlmutter, aye. Mr. Raskin. Aye. Mr. Raskin, aye. Ms. Scanlon. Aye. Ms. Scanlon, aye. Mr. Morelli. Aye. Mr. Morelli, aye. Ms. Shalala. Aye. Ms. Shalala, aye. Mr. Desonier. Aye. Mr. Desonier, aye. Mr. Cole. No. Mr. Cole, no. Mr. Woodall. No. Mr. Woodall, no. Mr. Burgess. No. Mr. Burgess, no. Mrs. Lesko. Mrs. Lesko, no. Mr. Chairman. Aye. Mr. Chairman, aye. The clerk report the total. Nine yeas, four nays. The ayes have and the motion is agreed to. Accordingly, I will manage this rule for the majority. And I will manage it for the Republicans. Again, I thank everybody. Uh, and without a Absolutely. Just for the record, Mr. Okay. Chairman, we talk about democracy and the federal system. We all have to remember the Iroquois Confederacy. There were people Absolutely. Here even before uh, our brave I agree. Massachusetts I agree with that you. understood something about I, I democracy and federalism. I thank agree you. with you. Thank you. Without objection, the committee uh, is adjourned.